Well, John, I was figuring it out, and that might have been about the 30th game I've seen at Lambeau Field in my life. It's probably about 25 or 27 Viking Packer games I've seen at Lambeau. And I'm sitting there with all the other writers in the press box as the Vikings are getting destroyed, giving up 41 straight points. And we're all saying, we've seen this before. It's just, it, it, I'm sorry, if we want to be realistic, it's just not that unusual to see a Vikings team go over to Green Bay in bad conditions and get run out of the building. It doesn't happen all the time. The Vikings have won their share of games there, but it does happen and it felt awfully familiar last night. It did. And I would just like, I know that the easy reaction to watching that debacle against Green Bay was, well, the Vikings are frauds. There's no, you know, there, this is over. There's no, um, the emperor's wearing no clothes. Like this is no chance. And that was proven in Green Bay. But like you said, I've seen this before. I've all, I also just saw with the way that the game unfolded with the two weird return touchdowns um, right away that put them in a hole with just how everything went so badly for them kind of right away with all of the injuries on the, on the offensive line and everything. I, I just didn't walk away from that feeling sort of the doom and gloom that I think a lot of people felt after the game. I just, I think that a, a loss like that, that was so bad clearly, but also just so that got off to such a weird start. I'm, I'm, I find it a little bit easier for me to sort of like, well, yep, that happened. Now it's time to move on type of a thing. And so uh, it will be interesting to see how they respond, how they how they kind of get back in. I don't know exactly how I feel about their chances overall in the playoffs and, and, and everything, but I just did not sort of tear my hair out and say, man, this team is a bunch of fakes right now and got by by the skin of its teeth and was exposed. It just was a weird game that got away from them quickly and just got really bad. I'm just not sure. I mean, I know like, how old are you, John? I'm 43, 43. You've lived in Minnesota for 43 years, 41. So I 41. moved around a little bit, but yes, okay. almost all my life. Yeah. I, I just think you're going to have to leave the state. <laughs> I Could just be. don't think yes. you fit in here anymore. Uh, if yes. you're not going to panic after they get destroyed at Lambeau Field, uh, you're going to have to hand in your Minnesota card. You're going to have to stop saying, oh, geez. And uh, <laughs> and we're going to find another role for you. I'm sure you can, you know, you can go to Utah and cover the cover a team that doesn't have Rudy Gobert on it. That would be a better option for you. Great, uh, great, great weather and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, might might have yeah. to give it a chance. So. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and so I and I have a, a slightly the same reaction in a slightly different way. We will get to that. We do want to let you know that this is the Viking Update show, and we are brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Aquarius has been sponsoring uh, shows across the Talk North platform for a long time. Now they are the studio sponsor, Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks also to Star Bank and TSR Injury Law. Thank you for listening to our network. Best way to listen to any show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always find the shows and the archives of all the shows, sports, outdoor, variety, at talknorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And so my reaction, John, was not, this is a complete disaster that changes everything. It was that this is kind of, this is following the theme here. If they can hang in with another team, a good, bad, or indifferent team, they're resourceful enough to find a way to win it at the end. If 
things go poorly, they're just not good enough to turn the tide. And we've seen that. I mean, they're getting outscored by like 90 points in their losses. They have a negative point differential. This has been a, so I think, I don't think it's a contradictory to say that they have been incredibly clutch and cohesive and competitive. And there are some teams that if the matchup isn't right, or if the game flow isn't right, they're just not good enough to stand up to the, to the, the, you know, the demands of that kind of a game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Absolutely. I mean, you know, unless your team is coached by Jeff Saturday, um, mm-hmm. they yes, if they get down by a couple of scores and that allows a defense to really sort of uh, adjust its game plan to just load up on Justin Jefferson and get after Kirk Cousins, they are going to be in trouble for sure. And I do think that when they get into the playoffs, they are going to face challenges week in and week out that are certainly different from the ones they've been able to wiggle out of for the most part this season. And so um, there are going to be myriad questions about this team going into the postseason, rightfully so. Um, and, and, but like you said, I think if they can keep games close, they do have that resourcefulness. They do have that uh, backbone and and those guts about them to, to pull something out. And that's going to have to be their path forward in the postseason is do whatever is humanly possible to keep the games close going into the fourth quarter then you feel like with what this team has shown, you have a chance. And the only thing now that I think gets in the way of that is not some kind of blowout loss to the Packers that makes me rethink who they are or how good they are, things like that. It's, are they going to be able to walk into the playoffs, especially on the offensive line with some of these injuries that they're going through? Because no matter who you are as a team, if you lose offensive linemen at the rate they are losing them, it's going to be really hard to operate. And I think that is the huge concern coming out of the Green Bay game, much more than the score or Justin Jefferson being held down or um, the defense not really being able to hold up against the run. It's what is going on with Brian O'Neill, with Garrett Bradbury, with with all of these guys that are banged up and, and really making it um, hard for Kirk Cousins to operate. I agree completely, and I thought that, listen, there were a lot of big plays in that game, and those are the shiny things you can look at. Oh, the kickoff return, the interception return for that. And those are obviously very important plays. I'm not downplaying their importance, but I'm saying, why did the why was this game non-competitive? It was non-competitive because the Packers' defensive line dominated the interior offensive line for the Vikings before and after the Schlotman injury. Vikings couldn't run the ball. They couldn't score in a goal line situation. They couldn't protect Cousins from the up the middle blitz, which bothers him much more than anything else. And it all of a sudden, you can't run the ball. Cousins is having to make plays, and he's throwing off his back foot the whole night uh, on a slippery surface where his receivers – I mean, all that stuff snowballed, which is the word that uh, I think Cousins use. It's everything snowballed. But the – lasting effect of that game is you have one regular season game left. You Then you go into the playoffs, and I don't think we're going to see Brian O'Neill again. Uh, you're talking about a calf injury late in the season. Uh, O'Connell, you know, O'Connell is 
he doesn't come out and tell you a lot in very blunt terms, but he seems to be an honest guy who doesn't want to lie to you. So you get a sense for what he's really thinking by the way he phrases things. He did not sound optimistic about O'Neal. Uh, Bradbury hasn't practiced in weeks. Schlopman is out for the year. Uh, Reed, who had to step in at center, is not a center. Don't blame him. He didn't. He's never played that position before. They have no offensive line depth, and one of the strengths of this team has been the fact that they had bookend excellent tackles, who and then the interior line was good enough. Now they don't have bookend tackles, and now the interior line is not good enough. Yep, and and I do think that one of the maybe undersold aspects of this season that um, that has helped the Vikings a great deal is that Garrett Bradbury had turned himself or transformed from a team that, or excuse me, a, a player that was generally physically overwhelmed and not nowhere close to good enough um, uh, as a center to one who was pretty good, maybe not, uh, all pro dominant, anything like that, but certainly had made improvements and, and maybe with the overall chemistry of the offensive line had gotten it to a point where Kirk cousins could trust him. And where, as you said, he wasn't under siege from those pushes up the middle like he was so much of last season and to have him not there and then to put in Reed who was coming completely cold into the position you could just see the whole timing and 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 structure of the offense was really compromised with a player in the middle there who had not played the position it, it, you're you're right it's not Reed's fault it's not the Vikings fault that they are in that spot that's just where they are right now. And so it maybe there's a way over these next couple of weeks getting ready for the playoffs that you can somehow get Reed up to speed enough to where it's not a complete liability, but that's asking a whole lot. And to not have Brian O'Neill there with him, um, it's going to be a really big issue for this team going forward and how they make those adjustments, how they keep the running game going, how they give Cousins enough time to let those long developing plays uh, or routes for Justin Jefferson and, and even for TJ Hawkinson down the field to to open up. That's going to be a huge issue for these guys. And uh, they got the workout cut out for them to figure it out and make adjustments to make that happen. And let's, we're going to get to more details about that game and how, how this uh, Bears game is going to go. But let's do what everybody in Minnesota is doing today. Let's spin it forward. Sure. They are most likely now going to play the Giants at home in the first round of the playoffs. That's a winnable game, but you can't feel comfortable about it. The Giants played them tough here not long ago. Uh, you know, And Saquon Barkley's having a really good season. Uh, Jones, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great quarterback, but he's a He's a problematic quarterback. They seem to be developing a little bit of talent at receiver. Kayvon Thibodeau is coming on strong. That's not a comfortable match. They should win, but I wouldn't want to have to bet a lot of my money on it. Then if they win that one, most likely at San Francisco. And right now with Jalen Hurts out and with a bunch of you know other teams in the NFC just not looking that strong, that might be the toughest matchup in the playoffs. That might be the worst possible matchup that the Vikings could face. Yeah, San Francisco looks like right now, given depending on what happens with Jalen Hurts, the best team in the NFC. 
Uh, Brock Purdy has really just stepped in and and given that team a, a lift that they did not have with Jimmy Garoppolo. Their defense is nasty and you know, they can run the ball. They can do all sorts of different things offensively. They're super physical. Those are the types of teams that give the Vikings a tremendous amount of trouble. Um, and so it would not be a good matchup for for the Vikings. Um could they win? Yes, they absolutely could do it. But um, given where they are from a health standpoint, given what we have seen from them and what weaknesses they have on both sides of the ball, uh, I would not want to play San Francisco. But you're right. It looks like they are on that collision course. Again, if they can beat the Giants with as banged up as they are, I think they can. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Niners look really good right now and they're playing with a lot of confidence and they are so physically tough that I think that would be a tall order for the Vikings should they get to that point. And they're probably going to need Debo Samuel back either this week or for the first round of the playoffs, and he makes a big difference, and the Vikings found that out last time they played a playoff game at San Francisco. So I still am going to go really big picture here and say – they won 12 games in the first season of what was termed a competitive rebuild. They won a bunch of close games. They got Cousins playing well in clutch situations. I Even if this thing unravels, I will still consider this season a, a uh, success. But I, I also understand if you're a Viking fan and you're paranoid and you watch your team go over and get drilled by Green Bay, you're just not going to feel good today. And I accept that. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. No, absolutely not. Like this is a team and we've said it all season long. We don't know how good they really are. And and there have been several instances this season that it the the result has been so overwhelmingly negative for the Vikings that I understand fans who are not willing to open their hearts to this team and who are sort of just sitting back and wincing and cringing and waiting for the the next gut punch to come because this is a very flawed team. This is a team that is capable of doing some amazing things and and some thrilling having some thrilling moments and then also just looking quite god awful like they did against the Packers on Sunday. And what I have tried to impart to Vikings fans is to just really enjoy this ride because it has been so dang entertaining um, that it's been relatively unexpected. And those are typically the most fun scenarios that can unfold when you just don't see it coming. Then all of a sudden, Hey, you're 12 and four and things look great. Um, and, and they've been super fun with all of these, you know, last second wins. Um, but at no point have I ever said, hey, Vikings fans, don't worry. They've got this. Like, there's no problem here. Don't panic. It's going to be okay. They're going to win a bunch of playoff games and all that. I I can totally understand these Vikings fans who are absolutely pulling their hair out and biting their fingernails, wondering if this team is going to be smoked in the first round of the playoffs in the second round of the playoffs or win two or three games and, and, and really have a chance to, to go to the Super Bowl. that it, it's wide open for them right now. And that is a very nerve wracking position for a fan to be. So I, I absolutely get that part of it, the grappling with what do I do with this team and how do I go about processing the wild swings 
from week to week um, on what I see from my favorite squad. I want to talk about the skill position players. I want to talk about Jefferson, Thielen, Cook. I also want to talk about C.J. Ham and how I think he could be a big part of what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, I want to remind you, we're operating from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and I want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares, starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law. You know the deal. We don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need one, you need a good one, an ethical one, and one that has a history of winning cases. That's TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. And thanks again to Aquarius Home Services. Great to be working with them. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services guy. Is this the year you're ready for worry-free water? Ready for spotless dishes and shower doors? Ready for worry-free drinking water? With on-demand efficiency, Kinetico fixes problem water. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius is offering $250 off a new non-electric Kinetico system when you trade in your old electric softener. Schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius earning the right to be recommended. So Justin Jefferson gets shut down. Combination of uh, Jair Alexander playing very physical at the line, keeping a safety over the top. Jefferson slipping all over the place. Cousins not having time. This stuff does happen even to the best receivers. Uh, happened at a bad time on a national television uh, you know, game and everything else, but it does happen. Uh, my concern is not so much that Jefferson had a bad game because I'm sure he will bounce back. My concern is that other people weren't able to take advantage of the attention being paid to him. And I'll go right to Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is not having a particularly productive season. Uh, last year, he was kind of kind of morphed into not your best receiver, just more of your red zone specialist. This year, he hasn't really even been that. Uh, and listen, part of it is that your number one receiver is catching so many passes and receiving so many targets. But it looks this the subplot to this late season uh, scenario here is that we might have a lot of favorite Vikings on their last legs with the organization or facing major pay cuts this offseason. And Thielen is one of those guys. Yeah, he just has not um, been as effective as we're used to seeing. And um, even in the last couple of years, he's dealt with injuries and things. But when he had been on the field, he always found a way to wiggle open um, in, in big spots in the red zone when it's third and eight, um, finding little holes in the zone, um, just using his smarts, but also using his athletic ability to um, to to get to places that could give Kirk Cousins a chance and then catching everything that was thrown his way. It seems like he is having a more difficult time getting open in 2022. And hey, maybe that's age. Maybe that's... Um, Maybe that's uh, some kind of injuries that he's dealing with. Maybe it's just overall his role in the offense has been diminished, but it's been a big issue. I mean, this is guy has been one of the most productive red zone receivers in the entire league for mo for much of his career, and he has not been able to have that sort of you know that's that same success, which is why I think we have clearly seen over the last couple of several weeks that. T. 
TJ Hawkinson has emerged as the clear-cut number two option for Kirk Cousins in the passing game. He is getting open. He is finding ways to win against matchups. He does create mismatches with his size and with his ability to uh, make contested catches. Now, for me, I thought, Jim, on on Sunday that especially at the start of the game, it did not seem like TJ Hawkinson was ready for the increased competition or whatever with some of the drop passes, with some of the um, not being able to use his body to win those contested moments. Um, He just was not in it, and they need him to be much more locked in and much more ready to go starting even next week, but certainly uh, in the playoffs if this offense is going to have to have a chance to move the ball and open some things up for Justin Jefferson. I just didn't think that Hawkinson's start to the game uh, on Sunday uh, helped them in any way as as the snowball, as Kirk Cousins said, came, came rolling down the mountain. Agreed. And I'm not going to allow them to use slippery field and the wrong cleats as an excuse. I will say that it's their job to make sure they're wearing the right cleats. And it's their job to listen to the people who know, like Dennis Ryan, who's been, you know, he was a veteran equipment manager when I started covering the team in 1990. He's been there forever. He's seen everything. He's been at Lambeau Field 50 times. Uh, They were not wearing the right cleats. They were slipping. And if you aren't sure in your your footing, you're not going to make plays with your hands. And I thought Hawkinson and Jefferson, uh, they screwed up. They should have, mm-hmm. you know, they, they obviously were not ready to play on that surface and you can't blame the surface. Both teams are playing on the same surface. Yeah. And, and didn't O'Connell said after the game, right? I mean, he didn't yep. out and out say, it, but basically intimated that, Hey, we told these guys yep. that you're going to have to wear these longer cleats and it may be difficult for, um, for you, or you may not feel as comfortable with it, but that's what you need to do to play on this surface. And I think Jefferson changed cleats um, during the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And and it, you just saw that maybe um, some guys did not take the advice that they were given because they, you know, it just it's it's a it's a harder path to go. And um, and I think that they ended up regretting that. And that was I thought that was a pretty interesting quote. Um, from O'Connell just saying, look, we tried to tell these guys and it didn't work. And that really did cost them a couple of times early with slippages, um, with with all sorts of things. To then they like they quite literally could not find their footing. No. And uh, I talked to a bunch of players about that after the game in the locker room. And basically they said most players default to what is most comfortable and what they're used to. And they didn't want to switch to specialty cleats. Uh, that are better for that kind of surface, and and some of them regretted it. You know, some of them, some of them, I don't even think still get it, but some of them regret it, and that 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 does have an effect. I'm not going to blame the blowout loss on it. There were many other uh, pure football reasons for that, but it, it if, if your best receiver can't stay on his feet, it's going to hurt your offense. Yep, no doubt, and and yes, like I think Alexander and the and the Packers secondary did a good job on Jefferson, but he was clearly frustrated. How many times did you see him? come to the sideline and like throw a helmet or like just, you know, really punch the air. And part of that was maybe the ball isn't coming his way. But I think part of that was I keep slipping. I can't I can't get into my routes the way that I want. And especially with a guy like him who is such a technician and relies so much on precision with his route running, um, when that is not available to him, that makes it a lot harder for him to work. And so, um, yeah, just just a bad one overall for them. 
I am very guilty of saying what I'm about to say whenever the Vikings are having offensive line problems. I'm going to say it again. Uh, I want to see more C.J. Ham. I think that uh, mm. you're not going to win if Cousins isn't upright. Thielen isn't really producing a lot for you now. K.J. Osborne produces in spots, but not consistently. Hawkinson's obviously the number two receiver. He's got to be in pass routes. I want to see C.J. Ham back there helping uh, with pass protection. And C.J. can also run a screen. He can also run block. He can also get you short yardage. But I, I, I think that is, if not the... If it's not a, a magic solution, I think that is probably the right plan going forward here. Yeah, it's um, it, it's worth a shot, I think, at this point, Jim, because what other options do they have, I think, is the question. And you need some sort of increased muscle uh, with the offensive line in the shape that it is. And then Ham does bring, as you said, a little bit of versatility in the passing game, um, a little some athleticism to give them another option maybe not obviously not to be explosive but no. certainly to just pick up chunks of yardage and I think that was a, a, a thing that the offense struggled with a lot um, especially early on on Sunday in Lamb at Lambo was just pick up six seven yards and move the and and make second and third downs more manageable um, and, and and keep the defense on their heels and they were not able to do that and maybe Ham is an option to help them do that. Let's wrap this up. Let's uh, look forward to the Bears game. Not the most meaningful game, but uh, the Vikings have to go into the playoffs feeling a little bit better about themselves, and they need to sort out some offensive line issues. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think the Bears at this point are just a beat-up bad team, and it's the best kind of team to play. Uh, once again, this is the Viking Update show from Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, please check out other shows, Russo, LaPanta, uh, Smalley, Lavelle, uh, John Krasinski, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Check it all out and our outdoor content at talknorth.com. So let's, you know, I I don't know how much we're going to read into this game. Obviously, there's at least a mathematical chance that they could win it. The 49ers lose at home to the Cardinals and they get the second seed. I don't see the 49ers losing at home to the Cardinals uh, when they have a game that actually matters to them. So they're probably the number three seed. I think they just need to be able to feel a little bit better about themselves a week from today. Yeah, I think so. And I, I really do. You know, a, a lot of the time I've been for much of December, I would say I was in the camp of do whatever you need to do to get the second seed, like just try and get the best position possible to get the most advantageous uh, setting for the game and matchups and things like that. And and give yourself the best chance to go deeper in the playoffs as we go into this week, looking at a team that is really beat up. Um, I think that the priority should probably shift a little bit to get yourself right, both from a health standpoint in terms of if there are some guys that need to sit out um, to, to, to kind of rest up a little bit. Uh, that's I think that's a, something that they should look at and prioritize above necessarily winning the game. But the other thing in terms of get yourself right is I do think that Cousins needs significant number of snaps with Reed at center just to try and build some sort of chemistry and rapport. Um, and the more reps that they can get in, and and the more looks that Reed can get um, at running uh, those plays, pass protection, run blocking, all of those things. And then just center snap uh, center quarterbacks uh, exchanges. They really are going to need to hone in on that. It, it, it just kind of in anticipation or just in case Bradbury 
cannot play. Um, or if he does and gets re-injured, you just need to be in a better spot at that center position going into the playoffs than they are right now. And that should be a number one priority um, and, and, and nothing else, you know, beyond that, beyond getting healthy should really matter going into this one. He's John Krasinski from the athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Aquarius home services studio. We'll be back next week to talk about the bears game and set up the playoffs.